unknown. I'm Jason McClellan, and I am so happy to be here today with Maureen Ellsbury, Ryan Sprague, and Shane Hurd. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, because of the global health crisis currently happening, we're all sequestered in our homes, making the most of the quarantined life. And today we thought we'd make some time to simply get together for an informal UFO happy hour. So that's what we're going to do today on this episode. So guys, I know we're in different parts of the country and every state and every city is responding to the current coronavirus pandemic differently. Um, what are things like for you hold up in your apartment, Maureen? Uh, I have been working from home. I'm lucky to be able to do that uh, for three weeks. I've barely left my house except for to, you know, a couple grocery store trips. Now I'm getting groceries delivered. Um, so you'd think that I would ha- invest all that energy into UFOs and things like that. But uh, nope, can't keep concentrated <laughs> on anything. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. What about you, Ryan? I know New York is uh, uh, getting ready to be shut down. Yeah, as we speak, as we're recording, we're supposed to be shut down tomorrow. Um, So everyone kind of took advantage of that, I think, and went out for a nice little walk around the the neighborhood or no one's going to parks or anything, obviously, to congregate too closely. But um, I did go for a nice little walk and enjoyed probably the only day of spring I'll get to enjoy. Um, But yeah, it's a little freaky, man. I mean, I am... Fun employed, I'm calling it at this point. Uh, Broadway is completely shut down, obviously. Um, so it'll be interesting. I'm trying to take the time to create content and um, write and do all those creative things we always wish we had more time to do. But I'm kind of in the same boat as Maureen. Every time I sit down to do it, I'm like, hmm, how many more episodes of The Office can I watch for the umpteenth time? So we'll see. If the Internet shuts down, then uh, it's pen to paper. Yeah, man. And kudos to you for, you know, you actually have been able to be creative. You know, you are putting <laughs> stuff out and uh, Try, no, that's yeah. that, that's more than I can say for myself. Because like, like Maureen, man, you know, I, I have these these ideas and I think, hey, it'd be a great time to, you know, try to channel some of my frustration nerves, whatever, into being creative and this extra time, you know, just being locked in all the time to being creative and and, and creating content. But, you know, I've done some of that, but I really can't. Every time I try, my mind wanders to other things. and I'm going to go watch TV. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard because, you know, we want to keep our, you know, finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world and, you know, with the health crisis. So every time I try to start to create something, I got to check and see, you know, what's the latest case or this or that. But, um, yeah, it's, it is what it is, but, um, there's plenty of time in the day and I'm finding that, you know, just take your time. There'll be, there's plenty of time to do it. So, yeah, I think, Hey, to be fair, because I, (laughs) we are doing nine to five basically still, that's we have true. a little less time in the day to be creative. I'm trying to find an excuse 
to make myself feel better. <laughs> it's true, though. It's, that is a good point, though, Maureen. So, yeah. the there's, more, there's more time because there's not commuting, right? Commuting takes a lot of time out of your life. So, I mean, yeah. for me, I work from home all the time, so I don't have that excuse. So. <laughs> but, yeah, so without the commuting, without, you know, going out and hanging out with your friends at bars, you know, the normal things we do, there's that added time. So that's what I'm referring to. And, Shane, you're in Phoenix like I am. What's uh, what's life been like for you lately? Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I've been so busy. I I haven't been able to, you know, give much thought to anything other than put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I think I've told you guys I work for the the city mm-hmm. and, in the water services department and, you know, in the apocalypse, uh producers of water will be the last people you know standing, you know, to the very end because uh, you know, of course everyone needs water and they're their wastewater taken away. So we're, you know, plugging away 24 seven, trying to cover all the bases and make these changes that happen. I'm not kidding you hourly guidelines change. And, you know, we're, I have to deal with, you know, like Homeland security issues and stuff. And it's just, it's crazy. And then, you know, I have uh, maybe about 50 people uh, within my span of control and, and, um, you know, maybe a dozen or so are working from home, but a lot of people can't. And so you kind of have that, that going on and, you know, customers are, they're, you know, concerned about, you know, having people come on down. And so we're, we're trying to provide a lot of services via email and phone and internet, you know, that kind of stuff. So, but it's ever changing and, and, um, you know, I, I just, I can't believe how this has went from zero to 60 and five, literally in the last week or two. And, um, you know, I, I have no idea where, where it's going to go, but, um, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm on call 24 seven plus, you know, I'm, I'm working, you know, 10 hours a day. So it's been crazy town actually. Well, you clearly don't uh, have any for time you. for this, but that made me <laughs> think, and I haven't seen any, any response from MUFON, but what, what is MUFON doing in all this? I don't imagine they're actually going and doing field investigations right now, right? Well, we, we shut down our monthly meetings. We were supposed to have one um, today, and it, it's been canceled, obviously, because in the state of Arizona, the governor has um, said no gatherings of 10 people or more. So that's pretty much shutting down any kind of gathering whatsoever. So uh, that and then, you know, uh, yeah, you have to use your discretion on investigations. I mean, they're coming in steady. And I'll be curious to see if there's an increase or a decrease during this this period. I just can't quite figure out how, how people will react. I mean, if, they're, if they stay indoors, of course, they're not going to see stuff. But maybe if they're hanging out in their backyard, you know, maybe they'll see stuff. So I, I don't know how it'll go. But, um, yeah, so if it comes to investigation, a lot of the work we do is remote. Um, you know, off the internet and, you know, search and phone calls and emails and that kind of stuff anyway. Um, but some cases, yeah, you do, you do go out there in the field and, uh, you know, I think that it, it would be just, uh, you know, really important for people to apply CDC guidelines, even in the case of investigators and, you know, limit, limit contact. And if you do have to do it, you know, keep your six foot distance and all the other, uh, guidelines that they've said. So, yeah, it's a time to take it serious and be cautious. You know, we don't have to panic and, 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 you know, freeze. But on the other hand, you know, we got to exercise, you know, reasonable caution. It's interesting. Absolutely. I can totally see your point. 
that, you know, sightings could go either way. I could totally see them yeah. increasing and I could also see them decreasing. I mean, that's so, somebody yeah. calls Cheryl Costa right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You get her That'll on the line. Chapter in her next book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be. I think this is going to be a chapter in a lot of new books for sure. It's called. It's called flattening the UFO curve. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can steal that. I mean, That's Maureen's. I was just going to say. I'm going to yeah. copyright yeah. it right now. Yeah, trademark that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I think the analytical perspective is going to be very unique for sure. Um, for me, there is probably zero chance I would see anything weird because uh, I, it's not really conducive to hanging out my window. But uh, in <laughs> Europe, for sure, like Italy and Spain, they're on rooftops. Yeah, everyone has rooftops over there. They're all lucky in that regard, but. Um, you know, they're hanging out the windows with talking to their neighbors from down the way. And uh, so that I could see that happening, like a little influx of, hey, there's weird stuff in the sky. And because that everything's shut down, that would make those objects that much more mysterious. You're either immediately yeah. going to government or uh, who's that idiot flying their drone right now over <laughs> all these residential apartments? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. a good point. I'm going to try to get a skywatch going on at our building, I think. But the funny thing is I moved to the top floor of my apartment so I wouldn't have noise above me. And now I think we're going to be like the most popular part of the apartment. <laughs> Everyone's going to be on the roof above me now. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, good points, Maureen. Well, I know he already does it, but I mean, now is a, a prime opportunity for Mark D'Antonio to really push people to do his skywatches, his virtual skywatches could get a nice yeah. group going and make it an event. I, that's a good point, Jason. I know a lot of the Broadway community, they're all like doing like remote performances and stuff mm-hmm. or like, you know, uh, voice lessons or like, I'm going to teach you how to do ballet today. And I think it's great. I think so many people are, you know, who weren't able to go see shows or go to classes or um, a lot of companies are offering free courses in writing and coding and everything you can think of right now. So, I mean, I know it's a horrible, scary thing um, in these uncertain times, but it's good to know that like you can find opportunities and ways to like make it work, you know? So yeah, yeah. I can only see that happening with UFOs too. Yeah. Yeah, life goes on. You got to, you know, you got to live and, and, you know, go on. But, um, you know, but you got to be careful. I mean, it's just striking a balance. It's kind of a new normal. I mean, I don't know what this will do for us in the future, but this, this you know, uh, notion of a pandemic occurring, I mean, it's no longer for the movies and, and books and what ifs. I mean, this is as real as it gets. So, and I'm amazed that it's taken this long, actually. I mean, you know, 1918 was the Spanish flu. We've had other smaller outbreaks, but now that it's so global and, you know, people travel so much, I mean, like you, you guys travel quite a bit and, and, you know, just imagine that worldwide and, and just how many, how mixed people get, you know? So it, I don't think there's going back. It's, it's, it's just the new normal and it's a new danger we all have to deal with. I think that's, you reminded me of the book Ready Player One a little bit because I'm a little bit scared of that becoming the new digital normal where you don't actually see people, everything's done virtually online. And that's just how life is now. And hopefully, I mean, 
hopefully that's not a permanent scenario we're looking at in the future. Um, but the sci-fi books have been writing about it forever. So yeah, I can see VR, I can see VR technology really booming right now. Oh yeah. It well, never I want- seems to like reach the cusp, but now I think this could be it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I've been trying to get the, I, the, the fit, uh, the, I wanted the switch fit exercise program games. Oh, Cause yeah. I'm like, how do I, I need to figure out how to exercise in my apartment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a fun way, but, yeah. uh, they're sold out ever. Cause everyone had the same idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you guys have seen yeah. all sorts of memes going around and, you know, a lot of them have actually been alien related and, you know, there was a, a great one early on that, you know, showed crazy people hoarding toilet paper and said something like, this is why they won't ever tell us about the aliens. Um, oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I guess it's a, a appropriate time to, to bring that question up again. I mean, this is something that, you know, all of us have talked about and been asked about, you know, many times over the years. But because of what we're seeing now, what do you guys think about that? You know, because we're always, we always see that question. Does the government like withhold information because the public's not ready to deal with the reality of extraterrestrials. Seeing what we're seeing now with how people react to very limited information, um, you know, do you think there's something to that? Do you think people would really kind of lose their shit if the government said, hey, guess what? Extraterrestrials are real. Now would be the time to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To be honest. I think it's it's different, though, I think. Um, I mean, to... Yeah, certainly some people would react this way, no doubt about it. However, I think the difference is, I mean, if they were threatening, yeah. If it wasn't a threat in your face kind of a thing, I don't think we would have that reaction so much. I mean, it's sort of a distant, non-tangible thing. And, And like you've probably seen a lot of people up until this point, even with the COVID, have saying, oh, this is bullshit and it's overreaction and it's this and that. Because the way human beings work is, you know, if it's not a problem for me, it's not a problem. I mean, sadly, that's the way a lot of people think. And so for them, they're just bopping along and it's fine. It's no big deal. But for certainly the people that have it or their family or friends or whatever, um, way more serious. And, and, you know, it's in your face and you've got to deal with it. So I just think there's some difference. But I think no doubt you would still get some crazy town stuff. But I think, you know, it's a more, I'm trying to find the right word, that the, the concept or notion of it is that there's a little bit of, you know, it's a little more distance and away from you, you know, versus right in your face. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, like you said, if it was a threat and it was, you know, everyone we need to prepare for, uh, you know, an extraterrestrial intelligence uh, civilization approaching us and we think they might be hostile and everyone needs to address these things. Uh, yeah, people would panic. And I think yeah. uh, it would be a similar situation. You'd see people buying all sorts of stuff. You'd see people heading out, uh, blocking traffic ways because everyone's trying to get out of town to where because, you know, the aliens are only yeah. going to attack the city. Or is this like a global takeover? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but I think otherwise, if it was, yes, we actually have 
uh, found that there is life out there. Uh, this has been happening for years. The government knows about it. And whether you go so deep as to have something be like, and we've interacted with species in the past, if we look at uh, various alleged cases and stories of presidents meeting uh, extraterrestrial species, I think people would, would probably have a little, find that a little hard to swallow at times. But for the most part, they'd be like, okay, well, it doesn't seem to be a threat to me. So, yeah, that that's no surprise. There's life out there. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I say that now, but who knows how people actually would react. Honestly. That's a good point. I mean, we've got that AD after disclosure book that came out, which was pretty, you know, pretty descriptive. And I thought they did a good job of predicting what could happen. But um, I, I always go back to that Ronald Reagan speech, you know, at the U.N., like if we ever found out. Like, wouldn't it bring us all together? And I do see drips of that with this COVID thing. Um, yeah, you got the conspiracy nuts touting it's all fake or this or that. or um, And then on the other side, people don't believe it's happening at all. Uh, but it is happening. And you can see a lot of people coming together right now, you know, jumping across that, whether it's political line or religious line and helping people around them. So I think... I think if it came, if we could compare what's going on right now to an alien intervention or invasion of sorts, uh, hopefully we would band together. That, that's the optimist, optimist oh, in me. But okay, the realist is another thing. So are you saying that extraterrestrials planted COVID on Earth in order for us oh all to go God. inside so the climate uh, would start improving? <laughs> Maureen, you know that now that you just said that, there's going to be a whole Facebook group dedicated there, to that theory. There probably already is. There I is. haven't been looking because I can't stand <laughs> listening to all the conspiracy stuff going on right now, but it's I'm guessing horrendous. that's up. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, unfriended quite a few people in the last few days because of that. But I agree with you guys. And Shane, you make good points. I think that the situations are indeed quite different. And for, for the reasons you stated, that just the government saying extraterrestrials are real, that's not something here that's impacting daily lives, right? It's not inconveniencing anybody. It's not personally affecting what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. That's what we're dealing with now, and that's why you've got people stealing all the toilet paper. But, <laughs> um, yeah, just, just knowing that extraterrestrials are real, that I, I don't I've always said I don't think that would really do much. It would be like what we're used to with the news, with something making headlines for a week or so, and then people being on to the next Kardashian story or whatever else people want to talk about. Exactly. Yeah, I, I and it's it's also an interesting time now where I think podcasters and people like us, uh, this is our time to shine. Everyone's stuck at home. They want something to distract them. But at the same time, I worry that because of how obsessed people are with the news and, you know, minute by minute, like, is, is it all going to get lost in the noise as well? Um, you know, I was talking to James Fox recently about his film coming out and also Seth Breedlove just came out with a whole documentary series on UFOs and both of them are, were concerned, you know, we spent years on these projects. This is the time we're releasing and it could just, you know, 
completely go under the radar and no one really knows about it. So it's tough. It's a tough time and uncertain time for everyone in every facet of everyone's lives. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that they probably it's similar to, you know, they're releasing a lot of these big blockbuster movies that were supposed to hit screens now on on Amazon Prime for rental, um, you know, at higher prices for sure. It's like $20 to see one of the in-theater movies. But uh, you got to imagine that those those creators, and the same with the UFO documentaries, it's it's an incredibly hard time to watch something you've invested years and years in just maybe go the way of the landslide. But also at the same time, we're, we're all sitting here dying for more content to watch. How much TV can you binge watch in a, a, maybe we don't know how long we're going to be in this state. So, Ryan, I know you could get more. You recently you you mentioned that you recently spoke with James Fox about his upcoming movie, the uh, the phenomenon. And I don't want you to give this away because I know this is going to be on your podcast. But did you guys talk about that? About you know his his thoughts and feelings about what's going on? Because I know that they're planning for a theatrical release with this film, and that's all impacted now. Absolutely. I mean, he he said when I spoke to him off the record, he's like, look, I'm hoping for a September release in theaters. I've dreamt about this my entire life. Yeah. It's why I created my first four UFO documentaries was to get it in theaters. That's yep. like my my bucket list goal. And he finally got that. And now it might be uh, delayed, uh, suspended. It might not happen. Who knows? So, um, yeah, he's a little... He's a little unnerved, but just like anyone, uh, he's worried about his son and his family and what's going on. And, you know, where will there be a world to eventually see my film? Um, So, yeah, he's, you know, he's taking it just like everyone else with a little bit of humility and um, levity and knowing like everything's uncertain right now. We take it day day by day. Um, But. Maybe it'll come to a point where, like, Disney or something, he'll release it out there early for people. I mean, the other one, Seth Breedlove series, came out almost a month before it was supposed to be released. So um, we might see a lot more of that happening, which I'm excited about, especially with Disney+. Plus. I might get to see Rise of Skywalker, like, tomorrow now. Who knows? But you still haven't seen Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> oh, I did, but I want to see it again. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did, did you guys see the, the photo of that box set? Like the Skywalker Saga box set? It's something yeah. like 20 oh. discs or something? It's like, no. I don't know how what, what extra content they have in there to make it like that many discs. But it's like oh, there's always something. Yeah. I mean, I would have assumed they released everything by now because they always have all these different special editions and stuff. But but they've got some crazy box set now with I think it's pretty close to like 20 discs. It's it's insane. That's cool. Not not the best time to come out with that when we see a recession happening. (laughs) What can you do? The only thing is people need entertainment. It's so true. Yeah. And what if we break the Internet? You're going to only have DVDs then. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Oh, that's not good either. Yeah. No more Very talking about the internet breaking. We don't okay. we don't want to jinx it. Let's not bring that up anymore. All I right. don't even know where my CDs are anymore. I'm going to have to try to find them. I mean, fortunately, I have a Blu-ray player that I had to get recently because I had all these movies I wanted to watch and I had nothing to play them on. So I thought, yeah, yeah. 
And also my PlayStation plays discs, so that's good. Um, yeah, good so backup. Who knows how much what's happening now is going to impact the world going forward, you know, if how much of this is the new normal. But a lot of things are being affected. And I briefly mentioned or asked Shane about how MUFON is being affected. And he mentioned, you know, meetings being canceled and things like that. Um, but there are also, you know, other effects like conferences. Conferences are a big thing, not exclusive to UFO community. Obviously, it's happening everywhere. Conferences being canceled and postponed. You guys think that, you know, that going forward, people might start or in the, the near future might do a shift to virtual conferences? It's already happening. So uh, there's been a lot of discussion too within, obviously, um, as Jason knows, we were organizing a large event that we had to postpone until next year that was supposed to happen in May. Um, and a lot of other conferences in the industry were, were um, having to cancel and some went completely virtual. And there's been a lot of discussion of, um, whether that's the smart thing to do because of, um, you know, the carbon footprint that conferences put out there because of everyone traveling to get there and, uh, you know, the whole, the whole work. So um, it's a very real possibility. The, the other side of that, though, too, is, and especially with the UFO Congress, most people that attend the UFO Congress or, or other big UFO events, they're not going necessarily for the content. Don't get me wrong. They listen to the content. They're going to see people in person and they're going to talk and discuss in person and they want to show you their photos in person. They want to um, just sort of explore all those things and and laugh with people they haven't seen in a long time. So it's, it's the double edged sword where, where if you go fully one way, you're going to lose a lot of that social interaction. And uh, sure you can do things like we're doing right now where we're having a virtual happy hour basically, but it's it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, and Ryan, yeah, I know I, you, I know a, you. Oh, go ahead, Shane. I think it's, I think that's a frightening possibility. And but you know the, the other thing is, look, people, we're, we're social creatures, and you know we we're all okay now. But you know, two two four six weeks from now, we're not seeing people, not having that contact. I mean, I, I think that's a real problem. It goes against what we are as human beings. And I think even in spite of dangers, we're going to find a way to, to make contact and, you know, and hang out and stuff. But we might do it a little bit differently. Um, but I would, I would just hate to think that that's the way it goes. And to your point, um, you know, like conferences is probably a way bigger thing than no, most people think about in terms of, you know, the economy. And I mean, you think of everything that goes with it, the travel, the flights, the hotels, you know, the restaurants and yada, yada, yada. And I mean, you're talking a major shift in how the world does business. And, and I mean, could that happen? Yeah, it certainly could. I would, I, I think it would be a crying shame, but um, because again, I, you know, that's why I go to conferences too. Yeah. Not just content, but it's really for the socialization part of it. And, you know, to give that up, it would just take so much out of the interest in it all. So I've always said UFOs is really about people and, and that interaction that we have about a topic that we love. So um, I just think you would lose so much if you lost that contact. So I agree it's possible. 
I sure the heck hope it doesn't happen. Ryan, I know you've got some uh, appearances coming up. Have have you heard from those events? Have any of those been postponed? Not as of yet. I did get a uh, an email the other day from Contact in the Desert, like this huge, huge event uh, that I've been waiting years to go to and speak at. And um, it's one of the largest ones aside from the Congress. And um, they, they're they prepared for whatever happens. They're following every guideline from the CDC and uh, local government on what to do. They haven't canceled it yet. It's not till June. So they do have that luxury of kind of waiting it out. But like Shane said, there's so much involved. Their biggest issue right now is if they have to cancel it, the resort that it's at is refusing to give them any sort of refund. So, I mean, these poor conference organizers are going to be out, I'm assuming, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, like Shane said, all that local uh, hotel stays and uh, restaurants and travel, like that's all affected by it. So, you know, we do have some contingencies. I've been speaking with the organizers about doing virtual uh, panels and um, roundtables. But, yeah, it's it's unfortunate for everyone involved. I in not just in the UFO world. I know people who were going to be speaking at a conference uh, for their universities and it was going to be for their graduations. And that's another thing. All these people graduating right now, they're not even going to be able to walk that aisle, get their diploma the way they thought. So it's just such a a prom, have a prom. It's just it affects everything. So, um, yeah, I if if contact in the desert doesn't happen, um, I'll be really bummed. But again, we have to do the right thing. And um, I'm willing to do whatever they want uh, in terms of digital content, because I think they pour their hearts and souls into this, as do many independent conference organizers. And uh, it's just so unfortunate to see it. Yeah, right. Right now, the the big issue facing conference organizers, I'll tell you that if if this continues and we're still not allowed to have gatherings, there is no way there there's not some sort of clause in their contract that they can't at least get most of their money back, if not the whole the whole thing. Absolutely. Because the I've state been, of California is shut down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I've, had, I've had to deal with this directly right now uh, myself. And and uh, also the other big, like we have a big event in October that normally I'd be heavily into planning already uh, in Spain. Obviously, Spain's totally shut down right now. Um, and the, the thing is, you can't book speakers because people don't know what's happening. They don't want to commit to anything. People aren't buying tickets for things because who knows if you're going to be able to travel and if it will be safe to travel by then. So it's not only the the tie-ins with, with that. There's the loss of ticket sales that are inevitably happening this year. I know a lot of people have just said, I'm just not going to go to any conference at all this year. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a in Shane's a point about the economy and uh, the trickle, you know, it all trickles down. Like it's a huge influx of, of money to the the economy when conferences do happen so yeah, yeah it's, it's a, just a let's be honest it's just a shitty situation right now it is yeah, it's, it's super shitty can i add two maureen you said like you know it yes events are getting canceled even if we get the go-ahead and like things get better and like they say you can gather now how many people are still going to be super you know 
yep. hesitant to do that, you're still going to lose hundreds of thousands of people attending these events, I would assume, because people are going to be nervous as hell. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be like opening your door and the light comes out and everyone's going to be like, ah. who's going to want to take that chance? Streets of are still kind of empty. Yeah, yeah, starting the pandemic. Hopefully we come out of this living in a world where people actually wash their hands. <laughs> Good point, man. That'll yeah. be nice. Step one. <laughs> yep. But, you know, I, 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 the last time I looked, and this shouldn't surprise anybody really, I wasn't, I mean, I was kind of horrified but not surprised at all. But the last time I looked, and I don't know how they're doing this, but the Ancient Aliens cruise that's happening in April is still on. Number one, a conference and a big gathering. Number two, a cruise. Like, who would do that right now? That seems so horribly uh, irresponsible. Floating, hey, Jason. It's a floating petri dish. That's Full disclosure. I, would be. <laughs> I don't know about yeah. you guys, but they they reached out to me about a week and a half ago and to replace one of the speakers. <laughs> and I literally was like, "Are Sorry. you?" Are you effing kidding me? If they're wow. listening to this, I apologize um, for saying this, but you got to be kidding me. Like, yeah. not the last place I would be right now is on a cruise ship. I wouldn't go on a cruise ship if there wasn't a pandemic. I wouldn't be caught dead on one of those things because I am terrified of getting some sort of bacterial infection <laughs> outside of a pandemic, too. So, yeah, I can't believe that that is still happening. I thought after I sent that email, they would have canceled it. Um, not because of me, but because of this situation. Um, but yeah. Ryan that, said so. It's it, off. It's off. <laughs> Ryan Spriggs said no. I don't yeah. blame you, man. That, that, that's a horrible idea. Let's cram 5,000 people together for two weeks out to sea. Oh, no, my God. So what's going to happen? What what happens? I'm sorry. This is awful. I was going to say, what happens if the ancient alien cruise does go out and all the stars of ancient alien then come down with something or are very sick? And then what happens to the show from there? It gives We're them a new angle. Another phone call. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Then they do it from the boat and then it's ancient aliens at sea. <laughs> survival. <laughs> yeah. Survival. survival. Yeah. Ancient aliens, survival. Uh, yeah. but, but, but seriously, how many seasons in is that show now? Like 25 plus? Something like I don't that. know. 22 yeah. many? I don't know. <laughs> you know that Giorgio is going to blame this all on the aliens. That's where it's going to go. Oh, gosh. I hope the, not. The pandemic of 2020. I'm not saying it was aliens, but anyways. It's always possible. Always yeah. possible. <laughs> Well, we're already calling contact in the desert, not contact in the desert. So we're, yeah, we're good. We're go. good on that front. No contact. In no the contact. Desert. In the no desert. contact in the desert. Contact yes, please. The desert. <laughs> Social distancing in the desert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy world. It is, but we're still here. We're still able to hang out virtually and For bullshit now. about UFOs. It's pretty good. Maureen, there's no talk about no internet. All right, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. We put the uh, moratorium on that. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I got to ask you guys, um, have you been catching up with Project Blue Book at all? Yes, mostly. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm still a couple episodes behind. But, yeah, I've been trying to watch it because I, I, I record the episodes and then watch them whenever I can. So been slowly catching up on it. And, you know... I've seen so many people hating on this season. I don't. I don't hate it. 
for the same reason I don't hate season no. one, right? Yeah. It is a yeah. UFO show on TV that's just, you know, drama. It's got some action. It's got good actors. Like, it's a fun show about mm-hmm. UFOs. So I will yeah. say that, you know, I think they went a little crazy this season and just kind of like went all out there. Let's do all the yeah. crazy things. It's like a skinwalker yeah. ranch and all this stuff. Uh, give me a break. So, you know, I kind of roll my eyes a lot in, in this season, but it's still fun. It's yeah. so good. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it right now. It is my favorite show on television. It's the most inaccurate, irresponsible uh, <laughs> representation of Heineck there could ever possibly have been. Um, and I've had David O'Leary on the show a few times. Yeah. And I love busting his balls, too. But at the end of the day, it is so well written. The acting is yeah. amazing. The special effects yep. are incredible. And um, that last episode, they like they covered like the Kinross UFO incident. Um, in their own way, of course. But it was some of the best television I've seen in a really long time. Wow. So I, I just had to get that out there. I am all in. I hope they get a third season. It's completely gone off the rails, as most TV shows do. But um, I think they're doing a great job. It's so much fun. I lost my yeah. login, my free login, to be able to watch it for free. So now I have to buy the season. So I've Me only too. seen like one episode, I think. So. That's part of my uh, self-quarantine list of things to do. Yeah. Well, what I uh, what I really appreciated is, like, their season finale coming up uh, covers this event I'd never even heard of. I'm sure you guys have um, in your history of UFO uh, research. But this main brace uh, event, I had no idea what this thing was back in the 50s where, like, NATO got all the Allied forces to do training exercises and there was like a ton of UFOs seen during it that none of the countries claimed to have been responsible for. Um, so, yeah, I had no idea about this thing. So I went and looked it up and sure enough, it was real. So, yeah, really? that was pretty cool. I love when when that show, totally fictitious, is actually like leading me to cases I'd never heard of. So, And yeah. I seriously think, you know, that a lot of people just in the general public are having that response. And I, I still think that's one of the greatest things they do with that show is at the end of the episode, you know, they'll throw up the quick 10 second, here's what really happened. And I think yeah. that's, you know, encouraging a lot of people to go and do their own research and look it up and go, wow, that really did happen. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's entertaining as hell. Yeah. And as long as you go into it that way, like, I think it's some of the best television out there right now. And they they have said, like, come for the drama, stay for the UFOs. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Like, where else are we going to see, like, a UFO case investigated on a weekly basis on television? Yeah. No. Yeah. Ab- so. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's just, uh, to me, it's like, you know, there's, it's entertainment and if i'm gonna you know spend an hour or two watching tv i want to be entertained and the thing that i find entertaining and interesting is ufo so what the hell would i complain about plus it's super high quality yeah in fact tuesday night's my night i watch uh first of oak island and then i watch uh, uh project blue book and my wife donna puts up with it and <laughs> it's all good i i have my bourbon and and sit back and enjoy. And it just makes for, you know, one night a week is my, that's my time to just chill and relax. And I just so look forward to it in those two shows. So yeah, good on them. I mean, 
you know, we, we got our fill of historical accuracy stuff, you know, as a researcher and investigator and, you know, it's fun. It's fun to have a little entertainment too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that case you brought up too, Ryan, I find super, the operation main brace super interesting because it does have a lot of ties, uh, similarities to the Tic Tac UFO case. If you think about it, right. You've got all sorts of, you know, uh, Navy ships, you've got planes, you've got um, objects in the sky and different objects emerging from the water, possibly, uh, thoughts of a UFO base, possibly underground or underwater, sorry, underwater UFO base. And uh, so I think it's it's kind of interesting. And it's not one of those cases that's talked about very often. And you, like you said, you'd never heard of it. And and so it's kind of great to get those little gems, which it's like, that should be a much bigger case. And like, people should still be talking about that. But as yeah. Jason, you know, has said earlier on, people go from one thing to the next and they forget about the news that happened that, that possibly NASA found life on Mars. They've forgotten already because now there's some new thing. So it's really interesting. And people always, you know, we all know that people tend to bitch about bringing up old cases a lot. They're like, why are we still talking about this? Because there's a big question mark still over this case. And why are we forgetting about it? And now having sort of the similarities and patterns to another modern day case, I feel like, yeah, let's let's dig the dig up yeah. dirt on this. Yeah. Or the record. Yeah, yeah. I mean I they're this season they're doing Skinwalker Ranch, which we know Heineck never investigated or you know, even had anything to do with. So they're clearly taking more modern mysteries and putting them into Project Blue Book. That's what I thought they were doing. I thought, oh, their finale is going to be about the Tic Tac event. Interesting that that's how they're going to do it. And then when I actually found out, oh, no, this is a completely separate Navy event where similar things were seen, it blew my mind. So you're right. I think the tie-ins are crazy. And who knows? Maybe there's something to it. They were both Navy training exercises and um, and so similar objects being seen. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the finale. And um, there hasn't been any word yet if it's coming back. So this might be our last episode of Project Blue Book. Who knows? But might as well go out with a bang, I guess. Well, oh, I hope not. I- yeah, that's uh, you mentioned it earlier, Ryan, and that uh, – you know, the entertainment industry, all industries right now, but the entertainment industry as well, it's sort of a big question mark right now. Everything's at a standstill, right? Who knows when they'll be able to start going into production again because nobody's gathering, nobody's doing anything. So yeah, travel shut down all of it. They might have to go the route of the shitty horror movie and do it all online and do it sort of like in the future where, Everything's happening over a Skype phone call. <laughs> oh no! Please, please, <laughs> no. a new twist on no. Blair Witch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Horrible, uh. horrible. <laughs> but I, but I will. I, one point you said, Ryan, that kind of shocked me was you said, and maybe this is better in season two than it was season one. But you you mentioned that the special effects were really great, and I remember that being one of the biggest things I always complained about in season one when we would discuss on the episodes was how bad the UFO special effects were, because mm. uh, anytime they tried to show a UFO, it was always just a ball of light that like zip zapped around the screen, yeah. and yeah. that was it. So um, 
I don't know. This I was surprised season, to they went that. they went all out in season yeah. two. Like you can tell, their budget skyrocketed. I mean, they were they traveled all over the place for this season, which was really cool. Like we got to see yeah. um, see them like go to Canada and then Mexico and then Utah and then here, here, here. Um, which I think the first season kind of lacked. It all felt like, oh, this sh- this show clearly was shot in like Vancouver, and they are not leaving like a ten mile radius to film. But it it seems like with this second season, they really went all out, yeah. and uh, the special effects really astounded me a lot more with just um, uh, like planes and stuff, not just mm. the UFOs. Um, there was a lot of a lot of stuff like that this season too. So yeah, I. I I knew the, you're right. The first season, the special effects were so so. And if you're going to have a show about UFOs, like that's where you have to spend your money. So I think yeah. they kind of learned from that. And uh, okay. yeah, it blew it blew I'll me take, away. I'll, I'll take your word for it, and uh, <laughs> and I'll watch with an open mind. Well, there, and, yeah. and and to oh, that wait, point, Ryan. I mean, I, I for me, I think I think the special effects are are okay. For me, I'm more impressed with, I guess, just the general visual aesthetic the visual yeah. effects of the yeah. show right the, the the stylization how it looks the what they do, what what they do with the sets you know like you mentioned with the planes and yeah. stuff like that being on the planes um you know sort of that that the the visual stylization of the show i think they do a really good job with yeah the attention yeah, to the, detail is yeah, incredible the de- like and in um, their office you know the the like I noticed like the old pencil sharpeners in their office, you know, the old crank ones I, I had as a kid and, you know, just like the diners and the gas stations and the homes and the furniture. I mean, if you think about that level of detail and having to get all that for a period piece like that, that's amazing amount of cost and work. But I thought they've, they've done a really good job with that as well. It kind of makes, you know, that look and feel. Uh, of that show pretty unique. And I, I think that's where they excel too. Um, it, it's really just that whole look and feel thing when you're watching it, you feel oh, like yeah. you're there. And I've never wanted to drink bourbon more. And uh, <laughs> speaking of bourbon, I, I freeze framed when uh, the generals were drinking bourbon in one of the episodes. Cause yeah. I wanted to see what they were drinking yeah. and I oh, zoomed yeah. in and lo and behold, it was Rupelt bourbon. So it's clear they have done what? their homework. That's very It's cool. a little Easter what? egg. That's a little yeah, Easter that, egg for nice. sure. Yeah. So it is, is like you cool. said, there are these little things for the really big UFO buffs out there that I think if you really look, it's there. A lot of the headlines and clippings in Hynek's office, if you really yeah. focus on them, they're actual headlines. And they they – they did a good job. They clearly do their research. So yeah. it'd be super fun to be a set designer on that show for, oh, for yeah. us UFO researchers. Hell, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would just constantly be thinking of areas you could sneak and interesting Easter eggs in. Yeah. Oh, and and, uh, oh I was just going to say, Paul Hynek was in this season too. Oh, he that's actually right. made a cameo. That's right. So yeah. can't forget that. They finally got a Hynek on the show. That's cool. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I'm yeah. I'm I'm out of my drink, so we should probably go ahead and wrap this up. And I know you guys are 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 antsy because you've got all sorts of important places to go because it's not like you're in quarantine <laughs> or anything. So. 
I need to explore every square inch of my apartment, uh, <laughs> and I need to do it now. <laughs> did you ha- the, 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 the parts that you haven't explored in the last three weeks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, citizens, that's going to do it for this episode. Take care of yourselves, wash your hands, and stay sane. Thanks again for hanging out with us today. I'm Jason McClellan. I'm Marine Ellsbury. I'm Ryan Sprague. And I'm Shane Hurd. Do us a favor, friends. Always treat the UFO subject with the cautious and responsible skepticism it deserves. Question everything. Have the courage to form your own opinions. Keep truth as the focus of your quest, even if the truth conflicts with your opinions. And, of course, stay strange. <laughs>